the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Daddy Herman, I am hoping everyone hears me. Obviously, the radio has some technical difficulties, so I am going to ask, can you hear me now? Hey, Daddy, it's Stephen. Good morning. I can hear you. Okay, so we finally can hear each other. And right. as they say, the show must go on. So we're sorry about the beginning of the show. I, I really am not a technical person, so I do not know what happened. But all that matters is we're here together now. And obviously, I have Stephen Ebert on the on the line, and he's uh, our co-host with Ace Water Supart, and we are here every week to give you updates on what's going on in the world of real estate, what's going on in the world. Period. I also am pretty. Um, I'm pretty determined to kind of also. Keep people focused on, I mean, look, we're all focused on the present, and of course this virus is our main concern that we all stay safe and healthy. But I also kind of want to look at things like after the virus, post the virus, so that, you know, people start to get a feel of what they think is going to happen. Um, Although you can read any prediction you want, and you can choose to believe any prediction you want, and believe me, I've read them all. However... In my mind, and again, Steve and Ace, you know, pitch, you know, the virus will determine how we come out of this or not out of this or when we come out of it. Do you agree? Sure. It, it makes a difference, I think, on people's psychology, I think, on also the cost. Um, and, 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 look, you know, things happen, you know, like right like this week we had a, we had a rough hurricane, you know, a lot of oh, I know. over Please, 2 million. Yeah. yeah, 2 million New Yorkers were without power and, you know, and it took a couple of days for things to come back. There's still, um, you know, we have power back here in Westchester, but, you know, the Internet and phones are not quite uh, back to normal yet. They're working on it. Um, and, and, you know, with the virus, you know, there's go- people are just going to have to make some accommodations. Um, it's a real question mark, I think, for a lot of schools uh, as well. And, and this is nationally. Um, I, you know, the governor is allowing schools to reopen Plans are all over the place. Some colleges I'm reading are opening normally. Some are 100% virtual. A number of schools in Massachusetts, um, Smith College, Mount Holyoke, UMass, are going to be 100% virtual. Um, So I think what we're also going to see is really a real mix of options. And I will say I think that is one of the beauties of the American legal system. We have a federalist country. 
you know, states drive a lot, and we're going to see a lot of testing, a lot of laboratories and how businesses, schools, uh, and, and institutions really work. And what's going to happen is we're going to have, I think, one plan, and then a couple of months in, it will tweak and see what the best practices are. May I say, you know, I, I just, just because I'm on a board of one of the colleges, and um, I think the president announced just this morning that he's going to, I think, lift payroll taxes or some uh, some taxes. Um, but the colleges are going to have a rough time because uh, their enrollments are all down. Because there are, you know, look, everyone, I, I think I tell people, you want to be safe, but to what degree, I mean, if, you know, to what degree you're safe really depends on you. Because if you really want to be totally safe, I guess you can never leave your house. Uh, and even then. And I remember, you know, Stephen Ace, I was in the city, and this was probably in February, and I was at a restaurant, and the pandemic, there was some talk about it, but it really was not in a big way. It was in Italy at the time. And I don't, I don't remember being particularly frightened at the time that it was going to really happen in a big way in the U.S. And I was at a restaurant in New York City, and we were waiting for a table. So we're standing at the bar waiting for a table. And this couple, we were talking about it. And again, and they said to me, you know, the girl said to me, you know, I have a friend who's a doctor in Italy, and I want to show you what he wrote. And she took her cell phone, and she showed me his text. And it said, and I will never forget this, it said, if you do not want to end up like Italy did, and if everybody goes back, Italy got hit very hard in the beginning, um, then you need two things. You need to have martial law, and you need to have oxygen. It's not the ventilators, it's the oxygen. Now, let me say this. Again, you know I don't talk politics on this show, but I will say that unless you, martial law, and I'm not advocating for it, but as long as, you know, we have rights and everyone has their own rights and who's going to protest if you have to wear a mask? Who's going to protest if you don't? I mean, who's going to protest if they can't keep their gym open? Who's gonna... Okay, a lot of these other countries, you know what they did? They said, that's it. Italy gave you a pass. You had like a two-hour pass and said, you know, Stephen, you can go to the stores between one and three. And if you were caught anywhere else, we had you would get a hefty fine, or you could go to jail. We had Esther Mueller on a show who called in from Israel last week. She is an American citizen and an Israeli citizen. She has a quarantine. So how are they going to how are they going to prove that you left? I mean, is there enough people that can watch you? She said she went to get a watermelon, and. Neighbors who know her forever or informants, they called up the police, and they gave her one warning, and that's it. So now, if I'm not mistaken, did you hear that? Was, did the mayor say something about the quarantine in New York now? I, I didn't hear about any new uh, quarantine or, or anything like that at all. Um, and I, I will say, you know, this well, is... Well, he did say you know, that you're going to get a fine. He said, "If you come from anyone, I mean, please quote." Oh, you're, don't quote are you talking back. about traveling from abroad? Right, right. That's what I meant. Okay, okay. Oh, sorry. 
Go ahead. Didn't he say there's a big fine, and uh, uh, you know, if you if you get caught not quarantining, if you don't quarantine, and you come from any one of the states, like if you come from Florida or any of the states that are have high cases, is that not well, what he said yesterday? Well, it, it's, sure. it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think the I think the governor said that. Um, the you know what you're seeing right now is a whole hodgepodge amongst the states. Um, and and you really have to be careful for anyone really even driving, right? You think, oh, you you have of course the freedom of travel, what you do, but um, you have various states, New York being one of them. But almost every state has some sort of policy if you're driving in from out of state about having to self quarantine. I think you're going to find states all over the place trying to enforce it in very different ways, like. What if you have an out-of-state license plate? Well, how do you prove what day you cross the border? And what happens, and we see this a lot, you have people in multiple homes. There are plenty of New Yorkers that, let's say, have a place in Florida, and they have a Florida license plate on their car, but they right. could have been in New York for the last six months. Uh, so, you know, I think there's going to be a very, very difficult, you know, enforcement regimen. Um, but and, and, again, this is part of the whole trying to figure this out. I mean, in our office building, um, we, we're open. Um, you know, we have a, a sort of reduced staff with flexibility. But when you walk into our lobby, um, there are special cameras that can sense body heat um, to try to see if somebody um, meets some of the triggers, um, which could be um, being uh, positive for COVID-19. So was I think that recently of, put in, Stephen? I mean, you didn't have that before this, did you? No, that was not before COVID. They initially had a person, and then I would say about three weeks ago, um, cameras were put in. Also, they did a very good job, and I think our landlord did a terrific job on this. They have a special plastic film over the elevator buttons. When you think about it, how many people touch an elevator button? A lot. And it's actually a plastic film, but this is not saran wrap. It actually is coated, and it actually has a coating in there which can uh, kill off microorganisms. So it's actually a self-cleaning plastic, effectively. So, um, you know, you're not going to have transmission just by pressing the same button again. So they have that on every single elevator button in the entire well, building. Let me ask you a question. I mean, I'm going to skip all the beginning of the show. You know, um, like I said, it has to be with the moment. And we lost the beginning of the show. So just getting into it, how, I mean, this is a question I, how can they track all these people? Because they don't have enough trackers. And no offense, again, not being political, I don't know how they have enough to begin with. I mean, so, I mean, and the main thing is, because it happened to me, I was, I was someplace, and I got a call at 7 o'clock in the morning from some friend of mine who said, Oh, were you at so-and-so's house? And I had a mask on. There was about seven people, and um, it was outside. But then it poured, and we went inside for a second. They said, well, did you speak to so-and-so at all? I said, well, for a second. They said, well, she was just she was just notified by a tracker that she was with someone who has COVID. So I called the girl up. This is at 7 in the morning, and it's a couple of weeks back. And um, she said, well, you know, I don't really know who it was because I guess there's a privacy act, Stephen, that if you don't want to say, like, if you don't want to tell people, they have to tell you you're with someone, but they, 
they can't give the name if you don't want your name. So she didn't even know who it was. So I said, well, you know, I have lung problems. I had the test already, but I better have it again. And uh, I know that they say on the news you can't get it, but I found a place, like that was a local place, if you wait online for, I waited online for five hours. And um, after five hours, I got in, they gave me the test, and they gave me the results in 15 minutes. Now, I asked the doctor that gave the test. I said, well, he said, you don't want to wait online for five hours if you just want to take the test, but those um, centers are good if you think you have it and you don't want to wait for a blood test by the time that comes back. But why don't they, I don't understand, why don't they list where you can get all these tests? Because I know of a bunch of places that I know, and I'm on Long Island, and I know a couple places in the city where you can get the test, like, in 15 minutes or in, like, 20, like, four hours. I don't know why they don't do that. I, I think there is a lot going on right now, and I think the response could be improved. You know, one of the things is that, you have a variety of tests with a variety of levels of sophistication and time. And I know that they keep on modifying the test. You know, for example, how many days does it take or minutes to get the results? How, what's the accuracy of that test? You know, you have blood tests, you have scanners, you have swabs in the mouth, swabs through the nose. Um, there's a whole series of different tests. And I think the thing that's, that, that's really throwing things off is, this is a is a unique virus in the sense of the way it, it morphs and it, it impacts people. But but if I could go back for a second, Adi, you know, just on how we are as as a people and working and living, if this goes really against you know one of I think a prime really American instinct of you know just of, of freedom and how we associate and what makes this. I think period so difficult for so many people, it goes against so much of our best instincts of saying, you know, I'm willing to work hard and go that extra mile and help neighbors and do things, which I still see people doing all the time. I, I can't tell you how many times I see people volunteer to shop for others um, and how they're helping. And that's what in many ways, besides of course the health element of it, what makes this such a, a noxious uh, virus is it really goes against, who we are as a people and how we interact, um, you know. But you know, it, but it's amazing to see also the spirit. Like, how many restaurants now have the outdoor seating that I see, and people Except, you know, uh, going listen, out. I don't. I have to be honest. I look the real estate business supposedly, which again, these predictions are all based on formulas, assuming that the virus leaves at a certain time. But they predict the real estate business will lead us out of. We'll be, you know, we'll lead us out of this, this recession that we're going to be in. Okay, so people are going to want to buy homes. And where they buy them, I mean, you know, wherever they buy them, they buy them. But I can, let me give you an example. Florida. Okay, in Palm Beach County, the single-family new signed contracts were nearly double the year ago. Okay, so they doubled. Broward County. Um, they doubled from a year ago. Miami-Dade County, single-family and condo new sign contracts were nearly double. Okay, I don't know if anyone knows, I don't even, Hillsborough County, 
they were roughly, I mean, these are doubling, okay? New York signed contracts, report within three regions, Manhattan. Now, again, after bottoming in April, and we were closed down, so there's not much you could have really done. New signed contracts for all three property types, of course, remain well below last year because New York got hit the hardest. The market opened in late June and the last of the metro area markets, but has been slow to return, and we're not. I don't see us returning back to normal levels till 2021. But we are getting sales, okay? Brooklyn, single-family and condo new signed contracts surged ahead of year-ago levels for the first time since the shutdown. Okay, so these are positive things. After bottoming in April, new signed contracts and new listings in Brooklyn have grown rapidly. Long Island, I don't even want to tell you. Now, I'm not even talking the Hamptons yet. I'm talking Long Island. Single-family and condo new signed contract surged ahead of year-ago levels for the first time since the shutdown. So we are busier, and there's more things going on than a year ago. Um, and Hampton, and Daddy, oh, I, I off think... the wall. The North Fork, Westchester County. Single-family new sign contracts were more than double its year-ago level, surging above the prior year results for the second straight month. And Fairfield County, I'm just giving you, you know, the tri-state. Single-family new sign contracts showed major gains over their respective year-ago levels. Greenwich, single-family and condo new sign contracts, substantial gains over a year ago. So I'm not trying to say things aren't happening. Okay, uh, because they are. I mean, you know, things are happening. People are doing things. But a lot of people are looking for decisions that are based on long term. And I've been doing a lot of Zooms for CEOs across the country, not necessarily real estate CEOs, just seeing where people are, what their sense is, what, 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 what businesses they think are going to flourish. And what I am concerned about is two things. And I, and I, and I say this because... You know, I just joined a, a group that is, I don't want to say let's save Manhattan, but let's, like, really work to keep Manhattan going because it's had a few setbacks. But what about all these that are starting up and can't have capacity, okay, so that even though they're open, they can't have the amount of people that they had. And Ace could talk on that. Well, now, I believe, and I, again, I'm not sure, but I think eventually they're going to give a second stimulus package. I, I know they didn't agree on it yet, but my feeling is they will. But that's just my feeling, my opinion. What happens when all that ends? I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a great question of what happens when it ends, because I think this. while, while there is a clear difference of opinion as what should be included in the stimulus and finding the right balance as to helping people, but also make sure people are incentivized to work and to help businesses, but make sure that there's a difference between helping businesses and just basically giving away money to businesses, right? That's, I think, part of the big debate. Um, But, you know, I I think what ends up happening is that you're going to have what we, we, you know, in capitalism is called creative destruction. You are going to have some businesses that are not going to do well that will go out and go and, and not be there. 
and you're going to have some that are going to really prosper. Right? If you look at, and it's not just a matter of brick and mortar versus online, because the reality is that people still want to touch and feel. They want to be part of a community. And at the end of the day, just having an online interface is very, very isolating. You know, that's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, and and so that, you know, you, you'll just, but you will see a little bit of change about how people interact. And I see that yearning. I mean, look, if you want to go out for dinner, you'd rather be inside of a nice restaurant than, you know, just you know, be at a table put in where the former street parking spot. But it shows that the people, you know, want to have that interaction, that they're happy enough to deal with that, that type of situation. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I feel very comfortable in the resilience. And I will also tell you, Pete, you know, while there is definitely hurt in the retail sector, the reality is we have clients right now where we're negotiating retail leases, um, which I know may sound surprising for people, but it's the same thing. You said it. I've said it before. People are thinking long term. They're thinking of okay, now is a good opportunity to right. to invest and plan for the future. Absolutely. I mean, I think that you know we're seeing that we're seeing, and if you, you seeing um, people buy big retail stores, however, they're going to come back differently, and I, I believe that retail will have to be an experience. Now, I was on a CEO conference the other day. I was on, I'm always on one or two, but I so first of all they had the guy who just took over, I think he took over as a Papa Joe's or John's, whatever. He took that over like a year and a half ago before the virus. Obviously their business is thriving because it's pizza and it's, you know, delivery. Okay. Um but some other CEO, I forgot who it was, was talking about, you know, artificial intelligence and was saying that, now not the real estate, uh, not the real estate business, or, or, but there are certain businesses, like he mentioned truck drivers. And he said, now this is not to do with the virus because really this, I think, was in the works well before the virus. He said that, you know, AI will be able to replace these drivers. And artificial intelligence is going to be so much a part of the world we live in. I, and I'm trying, what I'd like to do with this show is, you know, obviously real estate is our focus. But so many things, and real estate will always be, people will always want to live somewhere. Okay, so whether you live in the suburbs, the city, whether you live in California, New York, you have to have a place to live. So it's not about that. It's about looking at trends. Looking at going to look, look, you're spending lots of money for your kids to go to school. Okay, so hopefully, you don't want them to go to school for a profession that they can't use and, 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 and really make money with when they graduate. So, I'm kind of trying to look at what trends are happening. And I have to tell you, I was sitting with a, a bunch of people, uh, of course, we had masks on who really were talking. I almost felt that was a foreign language to me because they're so more advanced on some of the things that are going on. Um, and I think that there's going to be major opportunities. And my thoughts are all of us, listen and learn as much as you can. And don't only stay in the box that you know. 
Like, in other words, whatever your profession is, whatever your interest is, you know, broaden out. You can just listen to so many different things because I really do think this is, and this is me, my opinion, so that we are in what I consider the industrial revolution of today. And that the pandemic, these things were probably going to happen anyway, but the pandemic kind of expedited things. And so when there's change, there's always opportunity. So I, I kind of like to help our listeners, you know, hear some of those things, but also be realistic about, you know, as I said to someone the other day, I don't, I don't want to be Pollyanna, like, you know, everything with rose-colored glasses. There is going to be some pain, and there is pain now, and I'm hoping that we don't have a second wave of this uh, virus, but I guess I'm not sure who knows what. But I do know that I believe that at the end of the day, there will be a combination because you can do as many Zoom meetings as you want, but that interaction that you have when you're talking face-to-face with a person or when you're seeing them in a, you know, when you're, you're seeing people together is very different than the experience that you would get on Zoom so, or those kind of platforms. So I think the colleges and things like that, when things straighten out, will probably, from this virus, go to some kind of a combination of both. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I know we have a break now, but I, I just think it's going to be a combination of online and in person. We have a break. We'll continue this conversation as soon as we get back. You listen to Iron Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Waters. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's our weekend special. Save up to $500 on select Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus special financing and free premium delivery on most beds when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. Oh, I have lots of energy, a lot more energy. I've actually reached the point where it was very difficult for me to get up and go to work. I'm I'm 76, still working. And once I started taking balance of nature, after a short time, it just dawned on me one morning, I'm not tired like I normally am getting up and going to work. And I have a lot more energy at work. And I'm not tired until it's time to go to bed. And plus, I don't get any cold either, and I just feel healthier. I always considered myself a healthy person, but at 63, I started running out of energy and contributed that to just getting older. As time went by, I got to where I was taking a nap, sometimes two and three times a day. But I still kept thinking that had to do with my age. But after I got on the balance of nature, I no longer take naps. (laughs) And I realized you don't have to take naps at 63. I feel a lot better and have a lot more endurance. I never realized how much endurance I had lost until I got it back. And so I handle stress better, and I just about eliminated my aches and pains. So I love it. I am very pleased with your product. I haven't been sick since I've been taking this. Before I started taking this, I'd get sore throat. 
sniffles. And I really contributed my energy and my health to your product. And I just want to keep taking it. So you guys just keep making it, okay? And just thank God for your company. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off and to wear a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. It's back to school time. Whether your kids are returning to class with face masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same. Back to school is expensive, so we'd like to help. Enter the back to school sweepstakes. You could win $2,500 for your kids' expenses. Then we pay an additional $2,500 to your school. Go to am970theanswer.com and enter to win. That's am970theanswer.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, you're listening to I on Real Estate, and I am not sure. Ace, are you there now? I'm on, Dottie. I'm on. Hey, guys. Just had some technical difficulties in the beginning, so. Good morning, guys. Uh, storm knocked Morning. a lot of power lines out, and I think we're doing the best we can. And I'm not sure. Um, I I'm not sure if Mike Conte is on because he was supposed to be out at 10:30, but he might not be able to be on. I don't know. Um, so if he does come on, someone's got to let me know. Uh, but Ace, how are you affected by the storm? Oh, um, I am in my. Tribeca um, apartment, so we're we're okay. We 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 haven't been affected. Um, I did read, Dottie, that yesterday was the first day of New York City doing the quarantine for cars. I believe they, um, you know, at random they inspected 200 cars coming into the bridges and tunnels. Um, so you know, I, I do feel you know New York City. We're definitely taking this very seriously. And um, I don't know what you guys were talking about before, but um, I'm seeing hopefully a resilience so that New York City can kind of get back to where where we used to be, you know, that it's a safe, um, clean place too, right? So I think for us taking this seriously and keeping the, uh, flattening the curve with the coronavirus, I think will help tremendously as we go into the winter months, you know. Uh, myself being in the restaurant business as well, Dottie, what we're, what we're afraid of is, you know, the outdoor seating will last until October, the end of October, but what happens in the winter if, if we don't open up the seats inside, then a lot of restaurants and, and retailers will, will suffer tremendously, you know. So, but we'll see. Well, let we'll me see what say happens. This. What we were talking about in the beginning, because um, 
we had we didn't start really until about ten fifteen because of technical oh. difficulties with this storm. Yeah. Was that I I did I know that they passed something that, that they I I heard them say about uh, they were going to uh, check people, and yeah. uh, I guess they were looking for states that had high uh, that had high cases, and Correct. Um, they, right. Okay, and I think that's a good thing. I just don't know if they have the masses to do it. I mean, I just, I just don't I know. know how many. You know, I guess they have to spot. There's a lot of people but coming but in. I thought I heard the mayor say there could be up to ten thousand dollar fines. So I think people, even if they don't get checked, they're going to be nervous about that. So they hopefully will quarantine. And as Esther said, they're doing that in a lot of countries already. So I think it's a yeah. good thing that they do that. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. If you're flying in and you're from a state that's, you know, considered a, a red zone, then you have to go through filling out the paperwork. And, and you're right, Dottie. If they do catch you not quarantining yourself for 14 days, it'll be a $10,000 fine. So, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's it's good to know that our city is is really taking preemptive measures to make sure that, you know, we stay safe and, and hopefully we're, we're finding the curve each and every single day. So. Well, I, I met with a group of people a couple of nights back. Of course, we had our masks on and we were outside, but they're all New Yorkers. And what I'd like to eventually recruit you guys with us, what we want to do is I kind of think the media, uh, regardless of what political side you're on, tends to, and again, that's what sells papers. Like the sun is shining doesn't sell papers. So it's always the worst things that they put out there. Okay, I would like us to do exactly what you're saying. Some of the good things that are happening. I just went through, Ace, while you were trying to get on, um, all the contracts that have doubled, um, you know, since last year. Now, New York is going to take a bit longer, but people are moving. People are making decisions. Um, people, there are going to be businesses Look at that, that, that really do great. And there's a whole host of new things coming up. And I, I consider this like an industrial revolution that was in progress but was expedited by COVID. Yeah. And I, I, I am looking yeah. to look at helping people look at, okay, this is, a, look, for all of us, this is a hard time. But at the same token, you can't. you have to kind of look forward and a little past it. And what kind of opportunities will there be afterwards? And what kind of businesses will thrive? Uh, there are, as I said, investors buying now because they know they can get prices that are better than before. We still have, by the way, across the country, a shortage of inventory. Yeah. I am looking at uh, a movement like um, the millennials. They're of age. They're buying and if we think, you know, I was on a CEO group the other night, and we were talking about, you know, what we was, oh, it just was a brainstorm. And basically, we think that no one is going to want to work, even though, you know, right now, because of the virus, everybody is, like, basically doing work from platforms. As far as the offices go, I know our offices at Douglas Elliman, you don't have to go in. Most of us can work out of our homes. But at the same token, there's something that the, the human, that, that, that we all need by interacting in person. 
So I think it's going to end up with a combination of that, you know, where people will never go back unless they have to be at the office every single day anymore. But the same token, they will be sometimes. Because I don't know how you have that experience on Zoom that you do when you're actually face-to-face or you're, you're seeing people in person. So I think it's going to be a combination. You know, Dottie, and, and, and I'm part of a group, um, you know, John Maxwell, he's a, he's, he's a motivator and author, and, you know, we're part of this sort of leadership group. And someone said this to me last week, and it resonated with me, and I want our listeners to kind of hear this during this time, is, you know, we're going to be in a place where we're going to have to learn new things, exactly. unlearn some traditional habits, and relearn, right? So these three words, learn unlearn and relearn are so key because there's so many things that we need to just unlearn and just forget because we can't apply it in today's marketplace. And there are a couple of things we need to kind of relearn, retool ourselves, get familiarized with technology. And the last point, Dottie, which you mentioned is we're going to have to learn to, to adapt to a new normal, right? Like we're going to have to really be creative now, utilize technology. And to your point, COVID's expedited a lot of these sort of innovative ideas. And for the folks that are not thinking about structuring their business a little bit differently and conforming to what could be for 2021, um, that's really what we really need to think about. It also applies to real estate too. You know, there's tremendous activity, but where are you in that process, right? Are you a realtor that's so stuck in certain marketplaces, are you adapting and really finding out what's hot and what, what are some of the trends that you can be a part of and, and really add value to our, to, to our listeners and, and our customers that are looking to buy? Because there's tremendous activity out there, Dottie, depending on who you talk to and, and what marketplaces you're, you're looking at. So it really depends on, on where you are in that process. True. Right? But the press doesn't ever cover that. So we want to. I mean, I said, I don't want to be Pollyanna, but I do want you to see. For example, one of the CEOs that I was talking to, and again, I'm in a lot of CEO groups that have nothing to do with real estate. They're just brainstorming and talking about what they see. And somebody said, well, you know, we normally would only hire people or or tend to hire people that were in the area where our, our home office was. But now with people working online, we can we can get people who are not close and they don't have to relocate. So you might be able to find a job that normally you would have had to leave the state and relocate your whole family that you don't have to do that anymore. They were also talking about the AI, the artificial intelligence, and it was scary about how many jobs they could replace. However, as many jobs as they'll replace, they'll become new jobs, and I think you're correct. People have to relearn and kind of like as we stay safe and as we do everything we can to keep our loved ones safe and make sure that we do social distancing and keep this virus really contained so we hopefully can maybe not, I don't know if it will get eliminated, but so it could be like kind of some kind of we can keep the numbers down. And New York so far has done pretty well. Congratulations, New York. I think it's because it hit us first. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, for most part, people are, are, are really paying attention to those rules. But there's going to be so many opportunities. And if you look at what's, what's even, even, even real estate-wise, 
we're looking at the middle of the road, like the mid, mid, mid homes that are like in the mid-range homes. Those are really increasing. I know so many builders that are buying lots of land to build single-family homes. Townhouses, which were never a big part of New York, are becoming very much in vogue. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of changes. And I suggest that people, they, there's so many things online that you could go on and listen to. And I suggest that people, you know, I think we tend to, we tend to stick with the people that are we're comfortable with, whether it's the people in the same profession we're in. Okay, I think that if you kind of go on some of these meetings that you can learn a lot of different things, you'll get some really good ideas and see that the world is really uh, changing uh, as far as with technology. But I do think that the human interaction is not going to go away. So I think there'll be kind of a combination of both. That's just my uh, thought on it. In, in, in regards to what you were just talking about, right, you know, te technology has made, in, in real estate in particular, selling a home, so many of the consumers and buyers are so well equipped with the information already. So if you're just a realtor that's showing property, that probably, that probably won't add as much value as, as really educating our, the, the buyers on, like, neighborhoods and, what, and trends, right? And I think one of the things that I'm seeing now, Dottie, is that folks are into purchasing modular homes where they can just build the oh. home. If they want to move, they can actually pick it up and go, right? So I think finding parcels of land and really selling that and the modular homes is definitely going to be a trend that's going to I be I couldn't agree with you and more. more, and I'm seeing more and more modular homes. And, like, if you go back 10 years ago, yeah. modular homes were kind of considered like junk. I mean, like... Correct. Correct. And they were really like, nobody cared about them. Or they were like a cheap home somewhere. But now I'm even seeing in the Hamptons people. I saw it in the Hamptons. I was going to say that, Dottie. It, it's, it's quite, it, it's a phenomenon. And, and I, think, I think that's a trend that's going to stay and, and get more awareness, right, as people feel like, hey, if I don't like this neighborhood, I can pick up my modular home and place it somewhere else, which, you know, I think uh, – I don't know. That's just that's just something that I would be focusing on as a niche uh, go forward, right? If if I was in uh, that um, you know that realm, so right. And by the way, home prices nationally are increasing, and um, the supply is still not great. So it's not like you know it's always supply and demand. So if the supply is bigger than the demand, then you have a a, a a, a buyer's market, but I, uh, you know, people are looking. People have sp the, the home has become the home was always important, but since we're working out of it, we're doing so much from it. It's becoming really so important, and now all the um, all the products that have to do with having home offices, like panels that protect you from having echoes and sound and lighting. Um, all those things are becoming big. And retail. Now, I, I'm sure you've read that some of the big retail stores that are going on, that people are buying them, but retail, they say, will have to be an experience now. Like, you'll have to go there and experience something. Uh, you know, it's uh, like it'll have to be kind of interactive. Uh, 
I think so. So I think that we have opportunities, but I think that you have to uh, kind of look and see and um, best guess. Now, obviously, I think everything depends on how quickly we get rid of this virus. And I have no clue, but I think that we're heading on the right direction. I think uh, the president announced this morning, I'm not sure what he reduced, but I think there'll be a stimulus. I think they're going to agree on some kind of stimulus package, my guess, but I could be wrong. And I do think that he said he's going to cut maybe uh, payroll taxes or something of that nature, or maybe not cut them or stop them. But the housing market... uh, for 2020-2021 will continue to grow. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see, I mean, this is my opinion, I think it's going to take 2021 for us to really start to to get out of this, you know, in, in a positive way. But I think we're seeing much, very many positive things. And, of course, the interest rates being so low has really been a big help. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. From the studios of AM 970 The Answer on 